Welcome to the Vinyl Crawl, your podcast about craft beer and vinyl records. I'm your host, Alan Miller, joined today by Matt Pfefferkorn. Hey, Matt. Here. He's here. He's here, everyone. All right, so... for duty, class. Today is genre British blues, niche genre British blues, Mm -hmm. which I do feel is a niche genre, because it really only... We're talking 1950s to 60s, and then we're done. Yeah. For the most part. Even the 50s? Yeah, I think late maybe. 50s, maybe. Okay. Um, and then the beer we have. We're yeah. both trying to figure this one out. Hmm. It's a tough one. It is a... What's the... Wise Acre Brewing. From Memphis. From Memphis, Tennessee. Unicornicopia. A Imperial India Pale Ale Aged in Gin Barrels. A 1.6 ounce bottle at 11.9 percent. I don't know about this. (laughs) What do you think? Let me let me get your opinion first. Uh, Well, let's see here. Yeah. Oh man. So it smells like to me. If I take a smell of it, it smells like either pineapple juice or a really bad screwdriver. I can't. Yeah, I (laughs) I smell the fruit. That gin's a little overpowering. To me, it's like it's like a bat. It's like a mixed drink that sat out all night, <laughs> and then you go back to it. And you're like, "Ooh, what was in this?" You're like the little kid after your parents have the the mixer, and you're going around taking sips out of all the drinks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to get like the little bit left right. and mix them all together. Uh, like the dude in uh, Caddyshack. Yeah, uh, yeah, taking like the oh. Spalding. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm, man. Yeah, I don't know about this. Do you, let's just say, do you think there's anybody that likes it? Somebody had to have liked Somebody it. Somebody had to. The label's beautiful. Like The, the label, label is, is awesome. absolutely gorgeous. It's purple yeah. and then got a unicorn. And this is part of its 2016 Grand Crew, whatever that means. I'm not sure what that's all about. But, um, man, it's just not that good. Yeah. Maybe it's supposed to age for a while or something. Maybe. But it's like the cheapest gin you can imagine mixed with some pineapple juice and a little bit of beer. It's it's very reminiscent of rubbing alcohol gin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like bathtub gin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait. Prohibition's over, guys. Are we, we don't talking need about to. fish? No. Oh, okay. See, you're digging too deep into fish. I don't even go that did they have a song called Bathtub Gin? I think Gin? so, yeah. Okay. Ugh. Enough about that. Okay, so the beer's terrible. Would you rather listen to fish or drink this beer? Oh, don't don't do, don't put me <laughs> over a barrel like that. Come on. <laughs> Sophie's choice. I mean, gin, what are we talking about? Gin here? Barrel. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like I can't pick between two terrible things like that. <laughs> I'm sorry for any fish fans <laughs> listening, but that's terrible. So, um, moving on, let's move on to the genre, which is British blues. Uh, something that we're both extremely familiar with and probably any, anybody that's a hard rock or classic rock fan is familiar with this genre. Oh yeah. It's the, um, it's taking American blues music. It's when British guys first heard American blues basically. And they went, Oh, this is great. Let's grab some electric guitars and let's make this into something. Do our thing. I think they really wanted to do it as an homage. I don't take it as, 
I don't take it too much as like ripping off black British blues, with I, I one don't. exception being Led Zeppelin. Well, yeah. But outside of that, I don't. No. I, I mean, Clapton always cited his sources. He never. Yeah. He never once denied that Freddie King was no. his hero. Yeah. BB King and everybody yeah. else. He was up front totally. But yeah, so it's you know it it's that genre of guitar led blues rock from the mostly the 60s mid to late 60s and then it it died off right at the 70s because it, mm-hmm. it splintered is what happened you splintered into prog rock it splintered into hard, uh, rock. hard rock heavy metal yeah all of that splintered in the 70s you had deep purple going more into heavy metal you had um like e- even some Jeff bands Beck. like even They're, bands like Jethro Tull, who started as a little more like a blues rock kind of group, yeah, went yeah, into more of like so. a proggy weirdo yeah. thing into the 70s. Sitting on a park bench. Exactly. But their their start was in the blues. Yeah. And I mean, just check out Rock and Roll Circus, Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus. True. Jethro yeah. Tull on there does not sound like no, Jethro yeah, Tull yeah. of the 70s. Yeah. Uh, which is, I didn't even think about it, but Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus is probably the perfect, like, live show of British blues. If you want to check that out, there's dirty Mac dirty Mac with John Lennon and Yoko Ono screeching Uh, through it. Yeah. But incredible with John Lennon and Eric Clapton Clapton. and Mick Jagger. They're kind of all there. So it's true. Yeah. Some notable bands. Let's go through the quick list. Animals. Yes. Yes. We count that. Um, The birds. No, No, I don't think think so. so. I don't know why they have them on there. Um, Cream, yes, of course. Obviously. Fleetwood Mac with Peter Green, oh, yeah. of course. Uh, Fog Hat, I don't know much early Fog Hat. I don't know I, if I would. I mean, I, uh, maybe that's more hard rock than yeah. blues rock. Um, and this this list is from Wikipedia, by the way. So I'm kind of fiddling through it to see. Free, I would definitely consider them to I be. I would consider free. English or British blues. Um, Jimi Hendrix, great example of British blues. Yeah. Zeppelin. Um, Peter Green when he went solo and with Fleetwood Mac, mm-hmm. Rolling Stones, yeah. massive British blues, Spencer Davis group, Savoy Brown, um, about some Rod Stewart, Jeff Beck, right? Rod yeah. Stewart, with Jeff Beck, yeah. Um, Beckola, they, they put White Snake on this list. What? Yeah, I don't agree with that. Maybe the earliest, earliest White Snake. Uh, it was pretty bluesy. No, I don't. The first White Snake didn't come out till like seventy seven. Yeah, I, I mean, that. I don't. He that, was with Deep Purple, but in the early seventies. What about Taste? Roy Gallagher, was not yeah. Roy Gallagher's group. Yeah, yeah, I would consider. I mean, that. yeah, Roy Gallagher, huge <clears throat> for sure guy. Yeah, but um, so yeah, that I mean, everybody kind of knows most of these groups because mm-hmm. you've heard them at one time or another. But they all got their start as British blues for the most yeah. part. Then they yep. morphed into all kinds of different things. Uh, the album we're talking about as the kind of prime example of British blues at this was actually probably the peak of British blues, I would say, is John Mayo and the Blues Breakers with Eric Clapton, which came out in 66. So the blues game kept going past this, but this is like if you want to get a taste of what the British blues scene sounded like. Yeah. This is the album to to listen to. Absolutely. Um, so this is 66. It was on Darum, on the la- Darum yeah. label, which was a huge label for all these British acts. Even Moody Blues and all these bands. That's true. That's right. Yeah. Um, the band makeup was John Mayo on vocals and organ, 
and harmonica. John Mayo being like the figurehead of the British blues movement. Everybody mm-hmm. played with him. He got people together into groups. Um, without John Mayo, you have no cream because yep. Jack Bruce Jack played Bruce. on these sessions. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's not on the album, which is interesting. True. Yeah. He's in the sessions. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting there. Um, so you got John Mayo on vocals and B3. Got Eric Clapton, lead guitar, right off of his stint with uh, the Yardbirds, right? This was his first yeah, first jaunt so, after yeah. the Yardbirds, and then Derek and Domino's was after this. Is that correct? Uh, Well, Cream. Cream, sorry, Cream, and then Derek and, then and Derek. Domino's. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it was Tulsa time. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Couldn't resist. But so the story goes that Clapton got tired of the Yardbirds trying to have too much of a pop sound or too much of a sound of the time. So he jumped ship and went straight to the blues with John Mayle, who was yeah. the like guru for, for blues music. He, mm-hmm. Apparently he had all of the great blues records that was so hard to come by. So they all looked at him as like the leader of their blues movement. Yeah. Um, so it's John Mayle on vocals, Eric Clapton lead guitar, John McVie on bass, another <laughs> huge name Yeah. from Fleetwood Mac and probably three or four other bands I'm sure he played in. Um, which is weird to think of John McVie being that big of a deal. Because with, with the later Fleetwood Mac, he was pretty laid back. Yeah, he was. Other than the chain, he really didn't have he a song didn't, no. where he showed off too much. He just kind of laid back with it. And then a dude named Huey Flint on drums. Now, do you know anything about Huey Flint? I don't know Huey Flint. I don't either. That's the one name that I couldn't really place as, as much of anything. One thing to note is he is a jazz drummer by trade. And I think that plays into some of this album because there is a lot of there's a lot of jazz influence in this yeah, album as well. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, the record is clapped and wanking off the whole time. <laughs> like, really, to be honest, right? He was this just record, so happy to be in a blues setting. <laughs> and you know, there's there's a lot of big things about Clapton on this album. This is the birth of Clapton, the guitar hero basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd already made a name for himself with the Yardbirds, but this is where John Mayo said, okay, I'm giving you the reins. Take off. Go for it. And like the first track, All Your Love is incredible. Yeah. That's, it really is. Might be my favorite track on yeah. there. Uh, and if you listen to the guitar tone, it is incredible. There's still people chasing that guitar sound. Yeah. Every time he hits those three or four notes, they're like right on the verge of feeding back. They never completely feed back to like a washing got to be some of the earliest like heavy guitar feedback that's that was ever recorded i think uh, as far as like in blues rock and whatnot it's like the template for blues rock it really is this album lays everything out that that british bands did from there on out um 
But I, I like All Your Love. What, I mean, is that one of your favorites on there probably? That is one of my favorites. The version of Hideaway is pretty good too. Hideaway is great as well. Um, you know, it's nice to have a couple instrumentals on the album. Uh, Males vocals. Yeah, that's the real downer, right? Yeah, Males well, vocals. On yeah, there. and I, I mean, I don't want to say a real downer, but well, I was just, like in the in the grand scheme of the album, the only real fault to it, I think, is Males vocals. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant by it. I guess it's not so much a downer. It's just like the guitar, the drums, the bass, everything's firing on all cylinders, right. and then Males singing is like, oh, okay, man, I don't know about this. It's different. Um, I mean, you know, rambling on my mind is good too. Parchment Farm is a pretty cool version. Well, the, of that. the cool thing about rambling on my mind is this is Clapton's first ever vocal appearance on an album, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Apparently, he was a little nervous about how his voice sounded. I don't understand that at no. all because he's an incredible blues singer. Yeah, he's got the soul for it, uh, and he's got the chops to back it. Interesting. He, that was a Robert Johnson tune, right? You know. Well, that's the he, other thing of note with this album is there's not many original songs. There's only a couple original handful. tunes. Yeah. The rest are all covers, and they cite who they are covering in right. their liner no, notes. They do. Yeah. As uh, as every good band should do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Led Zeppelin did not do. <laughs> that. Um, so the other thing that's kind of interesting, I just this just hit me is everybody in that band, minus the drummer, I guess, uh, since we don't have much info on him, everybody else went on to be bigger than John Mayle. That's always been the curse of John Mayle. He's, yeah. he's always been the guy to bring everyone to light, but yet he's never really had a super high-profile career. No, not The at only all. way people know of him is by John Mayle and. Yeah. There's never really True. a... And he's still, I mean, his new, he just had a new album yeah, come he's out. still playing. Like two weeks ago. I just, he was on a Mark Maron's podcast mm-hmm. maybe six months ago. Yeah. I mean, and that's what he said too, is like everybody just flocked to him because he had the best records. Yeah. So if they wanted to hear blues music, they went to they see him. He was yeah. like the, the guy. Um, the other really, the cool thing about, I think Hideaway is a great track. Might be the standout track. It's instrumental. Um, it has that nice like boogie woogie rhythm to oh, it. Oh yeah, Clapton nails it. It lets Clapton just solo the shit out yeah. of it. And then it's also got really good bass playing by John McVie on it. Like McVie rides the rhythm really yeah. well on that one. Um, this album also, we're talking about setting templates for things. The reason it's it's the upper echelon of British blues, I think, is because it is a template for everything by. Uh, one big thing is, so the Les Paul, the iconic Gibson Les Paul as a blues vehicle, the 19, the, the 1960s to be more specific, Les Paul being a blues guitar. This album is what made that guitar, the blues guitar because Clapton's guitar from this album, one, it's a 1960 Les Paul standard with, uh, what they called the PAF pickups which is uh, it's like patented or something i can't remember the exact reason why i call them paf it's a very specific pickup that only came in so many years 
people always, even to this day, flock to that specific guitar setup because of Clapton's guitar sound sound, from this time period. And it really is a iconic guitar sound that you can hear people try to emulate all the way down through the 70s and 80s into today. Mm -hmm. They're still trying to emulate that guitar sound. And can never quite achieve it. It's like you can never quite get there, especially on like All Your Love. That The way his guitar sounds on there, I've never heard a guitar sound exactly like that. Yeah. Um, funny note with that specific guitar is a 60 Les Paul standard with PAF humbuckers. It was stolen from him in 66 and oh. never recovered. Oh. It's still, it's still missing. It's oh. never been recovered. Uh, Gibson did a tribute in 2012, I think, of it so mm-hmm. they made like a replica of it yeah but the originals wow god knows where it went to um i'm sure he's probably still <laughs> still upset about that probably um i would be and this um the other thing that 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 kind of set the guitar template was he's also using a marshall amp crank to the max yeah. on this album and that that started the combination gibson les paul marshall amp crank it to 11 and go with it. Like that, that started that blues sound of a, of a cranked Marshall lamp with a Gibson Les Paul. Gotcha. That's another reason why this album is so important because that was the first time this combination had been used. And that's when guitars everywhere had light bulbs going off in their head. Like this is the sound. This is the sound. How do you get that nice distortion, that nice creamy distortion and still have a really good guitar tone? Um, and that, I think this, this album is what did it. There's also the iconic album cover. True. Which probably everybody has seen at some point in time. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we see it come in the shop. Not very often. Definitely not originals. But it's it's iconic for the image of Clapton on the cover looking like he does not give two shits about the photo shoot <laughs> reading a comic book. Yeah. What was the name of the comic book? Beano. Beano. Yeah. So that's... They actually nicknamed that 60 Les Paul Beano because of the because of the cover art. Yeah. And then some people referred to the album as Beano. As Beano. Yeah. Yeah, true. Which is interesting. So, I, and I don't even wonder, I haven't read up on why he has a comic book. Uh, I think he just didn't give a shit. Like, he just really wanted to convey that he could yeah. care less about that photo shoot. The, I don't think he was trying to make any, right. like, big statement with it. Yeah. But, he just could not give a shit about it. Yeah. Well, which is kind of hilarious in its own there. Because it, now it's an iconic <laughs> cover, you know. But I mean, this is you know, there's a lot to there's a lot you can make fun of Clapton for. I'm going to get I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you look at Clapton in the 80s and even some in the 70s, there's a lot you can make fun of the guy for. He he went completely adult contemporary at one point in time true he might still kind of be on technically still be Um, that he he really lost his way at certain points in time yes um but this time period and especially leading up into cream which this band is what spurred him and jack bruce to get together Mm -hmm. yep and then ginger baker came in they started cream which is what one of the best power trios that's ever existed? Yeah, easily. I mean, they set a template for a power for the trio. Power trio, yeah. So I mean, Clapton was trailblazing at this at this point in time. He was setting everything up for what was to come for twenty years. Yeah, it's all in the way you use it. <laughs> it's just it's or just the it's way just the use. way that you that he used it. Yeah, um, 
you know, is that, is that bad love? <laughs> I can't figure, I can't fit bad love into it. Yeah. Or running on faith, even though I'm trying. Yeah. Blind faith. When did blind faith come along? Did, did that, uh, was that post cream? That was post cream before Derek and the Dominoes. Wow. Yeah. And so, that. So many projects. Winwood and Capaldi. Like, was Capaldi part of that? Jim I think Capaldi? so. That, that sounds right. Yeah. And Ginger Baker. Yeah. Was in, was in blind faith. He played drums for him. Yeah. But so many, so many iconic groups Clapton was in from like five years, literally like five to six years. He was so prolific. He didn't really need to do anything No, through the seventies if he didn't want to. Um, cause that's, that's when I see the, I feel like Clapton started going in a decline when he went like country bumpkin and started trying to go that route. Jim Capaldi is not in it. Oh, is he not? No, Capaldi's a drummer in Traffic, I think. Oh, okay. So Baker. And Traffic was after Blind Faith. Yes. Maybe. Well, no. Or maybe it coincided with Blind yeah, Faith. Yeah, it might have. It might have. Now, I would not consider Traffic part of British blues, if we're getting back to the genre. No. To me, it's more psychedelic. It's psychedelic pop. And, you know, like... And even... Psychedelic pop, even into like folk music at times, like at John times. Barleycorn was yeah. all folk. That early, that first album is killer. I, I agree. Yeah. This one's got Paper Moon on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Killer traffic album. Yeah. And even even Low Spark is a good album. The Low Spark High. Oh, Low Spark's cool. That's, that's a good album too. Um, what What's your, do you agree with Blues Breakers being like definitive like a definitive example of British blues, do you think it should be like at the top of the list or do you think a different one should? No, I think it should be at the top of the list. I mean, you know, whether it's, you might not like the vocals a little bit or some of the songs, or maybe it's got too many cover tunes, whatever it, I think it's still an album that you need to listen to. Yeah. It's the, it's like a dichotomy between Clapton and Mayall. Mayall is singing traditional blues. Like his vocal delivery is n- not super soulful. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to sing this song. Like it's like, it's but been, that's British rock too. Vocals wise. Right. You and know. then Clapton is like really pushing the envelope with yeah. it into hard rock. Even like his guitar sound while he plays, you know, guitar runs all off Freddie King and BB King yeah. and all these people. He's still distorting it so much that it always teeters on the edge of like out of control. Yeah. Which, you know, rock, I, I have to rock. think that I have to believe that Hendrix heard that and that helped him along his way with his guitar sound. Yeah. Which he took, you know, oh, out yeah. of space. Yeah. But I still consider Hendrix part of the British blues movement as well. Just because, mm-hmm. even though he's American, he he gained his notoriety in Britain. Um, you know, with a song like Red House. You, True. You, you yeah. Can, even or, that Band of Gypsy stuff he was doing. Oh, yeah, especially Band of Gypsy. You know. Um, I'm trying to think of what other albums I would hold up to the same level of this. I want to say that first Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Um, especially like with uh, Black Magic Woman mm-hmm. or, um, or Oh Well. Even the, like, I mean, to me, that first, what was the first Beck album? Was it Beckola? Oh, tr- Truth. 
or truth. Truth is what I'm thinking yeah. of. Was with ain't superstitious. Ain't superstitious. Uh, shapes of things. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Morning dew is on there. Yeah, was meet me in the bottom on there. I don't know. That was that album was heavy. That that heavy. album really that, opened my eyes to a lot of things yeah. when I was a kid. That album might be more than the Blues Breakers album as far, but. I like that album better than the Blues Breakers album, but I still think as a representative, Blues Breakers is your your go to for it's the perfect introducing example. It's the perfect blues. example of of like the of British blues. It's the perfect example of British yes. blues. Now, could you imagine if they would have had Rod Stewart singing oh, on this wow. Blues Breakers album? Yeah. How incredible that would have been. Like can you can you imagine how great that, that would have been? That's your super group. That's right your super there. group. Because the way you know, his vocals Rod Stewart's vocals are so great on that Beck album. Yeah. Jeff Beck album. I should specify Jeff Beck, we have a younger listeners, not not Beck. <laughs> right. Well, not, that's true. Not the later Beck, the Jeff yeah. Beck group. True. Um Truth. Uh so I, I think I'll I'll say I'll go on and let me say this is probably the best example of British Brute. But you know what? I I wouldn't disagree that maybe even some of the early Rolling Stones could be used as an example of British blues, like 12 by 5 or um, what was that other? English, England's Newest Hitmakers? Yeah. Do you not, you not agree with that maybe so much? I don't know. I'd have to go back to those. I haven't listened to those in a while. To me, from what I remember on those, it was more like... It wasn't very loose. It was that's all, true. You know, they're they're you know, more aping what the Americans yeah. were doing. They're trying to like just play exactly the same thing that the American groups they hear are doing. When you get to like get your yayas out, yeah, they've loosened up a little bit and they're you know jamming out a little. Keith has got some blues licks going on. Yeah, you know, I would consider them to be a continuation of British blues. Yeah, through the seventies, let it bleed. Sticky fingers, of course. Sticky fingers is almost like country blues. Yeah. Then. Yeah, it's it's, but it's starting it to bleed. morph a little bit. Um, Maybe more. This album doesn't. Blues Breakers doesn't really morph out of anything. It just it's a combination of British people hearing American blues and playing it the way they want to play it, basically. Yeah. Um, but I, what about like uh, Derek and the Dominoes and things like? You think that's moving too far away? I think at that point they he's moved to well it wasn't a genre then but classic rock. Yeah. I mean that's your rock sound. Layla. You know that's that's then, a great point when you bring up classic classic rock is that classic rock radio doesn't play any of these songs from no, Blues Breakers. No, not at all. And maybe that's what defines it as British blues yeah. rather than classic rock. True. Because classic rock radio will still play something like Jimi Hendrix's Red House. Yeah. Or... But um, why won't they play, you know, All Your Love or... Or Hideaway. Or Hideaway. And it's probably due to the fact that it's just too close to the blues and not close yeah. enough to classic rock. Radio's so, scared of the blues. <laughs> Unless it's Stevie Ray Vaughan, they'll play the living shit out of that. True, true. Not the uh, low down, hoe down though. 
Does he not play Stevie on Lowdown Hoedown? Oh, he does. Yeah. But I mean, no, he plays John Mayall. Oh, yeah. No. Big time. You know, and that's a great thing. We could talk about Greg for a minute, too. That's true. I would love to have had Greg on here to talk about Blues Breakers, about how important that album is to him, because you know... Oh, man. This has to be... That was probably... We're talking about Greg Martin from the Kentucky Headhunters, as well as numerous studio albums. Yeah. Um, You talk about somebody who probably studied that tone... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what he plays through. He plays the classic Les Paul through a classic Marshall amp, Mm -hmm. cranks it to 11, records it from another room in the house because it's too loud in the room that he's in. And actually, now from the guitar he plays is now a signature. He has his own signature series. Right, he has his own Gibson signature series. Yeah. Um, And I don't know what year his guitar is. I want to say it's a 62. I thought it was more like a 58. Was it 58? Okay. I think. But I'm not, you're more the guitar aficionado. But I was thinking it was uh, somewhere. Let's check because I'm really curious. Now, we, you can speak to this with Greg, but we know who his guitar hero is of ever. It's Dwayne Allman, right? Like that's his. Or Clapton. Clapton? He's a huge Clapton fan. He likes Dwayne. Um, Because he's got the strap. Yeah. Like the Dwayne strap on his guitar. He does. Um, but he's a huge Clapton fan. But that, if you're into the blues, or it's not so, it's not a straight fifty eight. Fifty eight. Right. Yeah, it's a fifty eight. Um, it's not necessarily Which, a this straight. This is a sixty that Clapton was playing. Yeah. So you know, we're splitting hairs between the two. True. There. True. It's a beautiful guitar. It is too. a beautiful guitar. Yeah. He should yeah. bring it by the shop more often so we can he, examine it. Right. He has. But <laughs> has he? Yeah. Oh, and he called yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, yeah i know he was uh it was when he was playing one of the record store days thing and he was getting something out of his bag he's like here hold this i'm like okay and then i'm like like, oh "Oh, shit i better use two hands (laughs) i'm holding what a quarter of a mil maybe i don't know i don't know i have no idea what it would go for but but we should plug his show lowdown the lowdown hoedown it's three hours of blues on monday nights on WD Blues and Hard Rock. He he, he dives well, that's into the, the thing. You can it could be He dives into the full spectrum yeah, of blues. It could be a blues show. It could be Atlantic Soul. It could be, you know, Memphis, whatever. Yeah, it could be it could be like a yeah. southern tinge to it. Yeah. But you can stream it online. What's the website address Do you know uh, off the top of your head? WDNSFM.com, I yeah. believe. And they're out of Bowling Green, Kentucky, where yeah. we are. So that's it's worth checking out just really for the is. history lesson. Greg's a great host on there, and yeah. he can go through the full gamut of blues music with you. On, I mean, yeah, he does. He he talks about all of it, um, as well as just being an insane guitar player. Like Greg's, oh man, Greg's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we've seen him play how many times? There's no telling. In all different settings, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he's known for the Kentucky Headhunters as a country artist. But that's just <laughs> that is barely touching yeah. the or breaking the ice of what Greg can do on guitar. I mean, if you want to if you really want to see what he can do his Greg Martin group. Yeah. I mean, they're incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible, man. Yeah. Probably the best example of local blues that we could ever hope True. for. True. Yeah. Um you've I mean Dean and they Smith. cover a lot of stuff like this too. A lot of stuff like the Blues Breakers album, they, they dig do. into that sort of thing too. Yeah. Now they'll usually make it a little heavy, right? Like they like to. Well, when you have Dean as a bass player, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, 
man, can't help but get a little heavy with it. But yeah, that's yeah. In hindsight, I should have had Greg on here. (laughs) Hey, man, (laughs) we'll have to do a two-parter then. Right, bring Greg in for a a quick for quick talk about it. But yeah, so yeah, British Blues, John May on the Blues Breakers. We with Eric Clapton. We both agree that this is the this is the pinnacle of British blues. Like this is the album to listen to with British blues. If yes. you want to see what, yep. what was happening in Britain. Start in the there, branch out. Cause there's a million different ways you can go. True. Let's ting the glass in this terrible beer. Get rid of it. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you not to buy a unicorn, Nicopia, but be warned. Yeah. It's rough. If you have the choice, Buy a unicorn. Round from that kind of limp sack. Round from that kind of limp sack. Twelve gauge shotgun at my back.